3: Knicks Fan TV, your one stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go, Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Sunday Night Knicks special edition of Knicks Fan TV presented by Manscaped. This is our last. NBA Draft Q&A, we are four days away from the NBA Draft, we're gonna find out which player or players will be the newest members of the New York Knicks come this Thursday, oh man, I froze already, oh okay, good, 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 I just froze, I thought thought we were gonna have technical difficulties, but we good, we good to go, um, joining me tonight, special guest making his return to Knicks Fan TV, no stranger to the show, though, this is my guy, basketball skills trainer, David Zena, David, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining again, bro. My
2: man, CP. How you doing, brother?
3: Yeah, doing all right, man. Doing all right. Um, four days away from the draft, and we're getting a couple of uh, you know tidbits here and there. A couple of leaks coming out this morning by Shams of The Athletic. A couple of tidbits that, that we want to share with the fans first and foremost is Shams has confirmed that the Knicks are trying to trade up in, into the lottery. We, we've heard that from, from multiple reports early this weekend. And, you know, as fans, knowing that we have the 19th and 21st pick, you can kind of speculate that uh, the Knicks will be aggressive in this draft. But nevertheless, all right, starting up, starting back up, uh, pardon the delay, just was having some technical difficulties with the system. Nevertheless, we are back up. So anyway, just, just Chase, today's show, we took a poll on Twitter since David was making his return to the show. We took a poll on Twitter to see which one of the prospects uh, the fans wanted to hear David break down, get his thoughts, share his notes, detailed analysis on uh, on these draft prospects. So we, we came up with our list of 10 based on what you guys had requested, plus a couple others. And so um, given that the Knicks are interested in potentially trading up, we do know that Golden State uh, is fielding offers. Right now, Golden State is sitting with the 7th and the 14th pick. Um, Knicks sitting at 19th and 21. I think 14 is, is realistic. You also have Orlando sitting there at 5th and 8th. I'm not sure how far up the Knicks can go if they can reach eight, But let's say they stay at 14. Um, David, I think Moses Moody could be a prime target. Did meet with the Knicks earlier last week. Uh, Moses Moody, the swingman out of Arkansas. What, what, what's your take on Moody?
2: I like him a lot. I mean, he's, he stands at about six foot, four and a half, six, five without shoes, six, six with shoes, six, seven with shoes. But his wingspan is very intriguing. I mean, he has a seven foot wingspan. It's over eight inch difference in terms of the height and wingspan. Really good mid range shooter. He has the potential to be a very good three and D player in this league, uh strong body. And he's a very, very uh, under the radar passer. And he's tough nosed kid. Uh, comes from a good background built really well I like him a lot the thing that I want to see him improve on is obviously uh, some of the two-point percentage field goals you know in terms of finishing at the rim Uh, and then also as I said he's going to turn into one of those guys that could be a 3 and D shooter however he only shot 35 percent from three so I would like to see that improve a little bit more in order for him to get the billing of being a 3 and D but his physical tools, the intangibles, all that other stuff, it makes him to be a very good pro. He could be a very, very good player in the league.
3: How would you see him, like, if you slotted him, you know, at the two uh, with RJ and Julius, how do you? How would you view him as an off-ball option?
2: It's, it's interesting because RJ showed more flashes of his shooting ability last year, mm-hmm. and if he's able to help spread the floor alongside with this young man, uh, Moody, it, it could be a pretty good tandem back there. The only thing that I'm a little bit concerned about, however, is Moody does make his uh, his living in the mid-range. And as I said, he's going to turn into, or he could be one of those three and D kind of guys. Uh, he would need a point guard to find him in those uh, opportunities to shoot from the perimeter. Most of the time, I think Arkansas did take advantage of his skill set with him making plays uh, with the ball. And as I said, he's a very underrated passer. He's one of those guys that He actually likes making passes in tight spaces. So it would be interesting to see how those three could fit together and who would essentially be the guy that's going to stay on the perimeter the most with the ball. Uh, That would be the question, considering how much RJ likes to drive and same thing with Julius. So, I mean, they could play together. I think it would just be a matter of how well and how quickly Moody would get acclimated to the skill set that RJ and Julius have.
3: What, what do you think about moving RJ to the three? I mean, a lot of this draft, some of these guys are, you know, six fours and probably fit more in, in their two guard mold. What do you think of potentially moving RJ to the three for a guy like a, like a Moody?
2: I don't think it's an issue. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a slasher to begin with and he can drive at the ball and the NBA now is positional as basketball. Right. So everybody's just uh, essentially really good at a skill set and is taking advantage of it. RJ can do that. RJ can play the three. He can defend the three. He's strong enough. To, to defend forwards yeah. in this league, as we talked about last year, he's grown uh, both on and off the court. So it's very important for people to see uh, his versatility on that end of the floor as well.
3: Yeah, you're right. And I think he has proven to be very versatile even this year, you know, watching him and Bullock out there defending because sometimes you would have Bullock out there in the ones, maybe the twos or the threes. And then other times you would have RJ on the twos or the threes. Uh, you know, those duels with Kawhi Leonard come to mind, especially RJ on the defensive end. I think he he's building, bulking up, and, and getting into that size where um, he shouldn't have an issue there. I think guarding threes might be better even from a lateral quickness standpoint for RJ. And as you said, as a natural slasher, I think that could be his natural position. So I actually think if, even if we go uh, with a two guard or prototypical two guard, you know, in terms of height, I think we'll be all right with moving RJ to the three.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, I think the thing about him is what stands out about Moody playing alongside RJ is RJ showed the ability to play uh, defense really well in that versatility. And this kid can as well. He's a very good defender. I mean, we just talked about the offensive side of the ball, but he did pretty well with uh, a good defensive um, system in Arkansas. But then just even, as I said, his physical tools and the way that he was able to move on the floor, his lateral ability and having a seven foot plus wingspan on top of that. It's a pretty good it's a pretty enticing uh, prospect.
3: How would you view Moody's ability to, to get to and finish at the rim?
2: That I think he would need a little bit more work with that. He's not a bad finisher. I just think once you get to the league, obviously those guys are, are bigger, faster, stronger, and, and all that other stuff. But he actually has a pretty good uh, n- nose to the rim, I guess you could say, um, similar to RJ. But his, his bread and butter is that mid-range. So I wouldn't necessarily look too much for him to be finishing uh, that much around the rim. He's a really good offensive rebounder, though, uh, which makes which makes it interesting to see how that's going to fit as well. So uh, I think the driving and finishing ability is pretty good. Uh, It could always improve. Uh, Clearly, I mean, he's done a lot in terms of uh, utilizing those tools uh, to get to this point where he's now a first-round pick.
3: Yeah, and a lot of mock drafts have him anywhere between, you know, say the 8 to to, you know, 10, 12 range. So, it's going to be interesting to see where where Moody falls. Another guy who's who's a, uh, a potential move up candidate, um, Josh Giddy uh, out of out of uh, Australia, played down in the NBL. Obviously, we saw LaMelo's, uh, you know, skill sets coming into the league. I don't maybe that's that's, you know, pushing Giddy a little bit, but 6-8 playmaker down in the NBL, you know, what, what, what stuck out to you with Giddy?
2: His pinpoint passes, man. Uh, the kid can pass the ball. He controls the tempo really, really well. Mm. Um, he reminds me a lot of like Kyle Anderson. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. He moves at his own pace. You don't rush him. He kind of rushes you and, you know, quote unquote on the rush part, <laughs> um, but he's able to get to his spots. He does a pretty good job with, uh, drawing contact actually. Uh, as I said, once he gets to a spot and he likes to bury his guy closer to the rim. So he's able to utilize that as much as he can. The thing that he needs to work on the most, though, is that outside jump shot. He's not a good shooter. Uh, it's it's more of a mechanical thing, uh, timing thing. Unfortunately, the pace that he does run with and, you know, is able to play the point guard position with, he does also uses it with his shooting ability. So. That's something that could be fixed. It's not like alarming to me where it's like stay away from him at all costs, but it's something that he would have to really work on. But man, when I tell you the kid has great touch around the rim, he's able to create those passes, pinpoint passes. Um, same thing with Lomelo last year when I was talking about how he does a great job of getting hockey assists. Same thing with this guy. And uh, he's able to get a lot of those type of passes where he's leading his man. Uh, is able to anticipate the play, so a lot of those, you know, passes where he's going to be, you know, threading the needle and finding his man in transition. I I could see him doing a lot of that.
3: Six eight Josh Giddey. So so the shooting issues don't worry you at all. Because I mean, only no, not percent. too much.
2: I mean, yeah. it's they do concern me. I would be lying if I said that they didn't concern me. Yeah. However, he's like one of those kids that it, you could work with him, and down the road. He could be a shooter but for now if you want to strictly play strictly like just have a playmaker uh this kid is going to be really really good in this league because you're talking about spacing once again and it came into that was the the notion that i had behind halliburton last year spacing is going to be key and once you have at least one or two shooters that are next to you that's going to make your life so much easier as we saw what halliburton that's was great. able to do a little bit with buddy healed and uh Bagnanovich before he was traded so you know, you just have to see. I mean, this kid's going to be a very, very interesting player with his height. He could see over the defense. Yeah. As I said, he's not going to blow anybody away with uh, his athleticism. He's not going to, like, you know, be one of those guys that's going to drive to the rim like crazy. But when he gets to the rim, he has really good touch. I think he finished, like, close to, like, 65% around the rim. So, I mean, that's a guy that's able to to utilize that skill set to the best of his ability.
3: And Nick's not known to be a finishing around the rim. In particular, Julius and RJ uh, fairly lousy at it. You know, D-Rose didn't add too much there, and neither did Peyton. So, Knicks uh, could certainly use someone who could finish a bit stronger there. Uh, speaking of strong, how about defensively? I mean, obviously, he's a bit felt right now. You know, clearly, he's going to put on that NBA weight and, and size, but what do you think about his on-ball defense overall?
2: Well, that's, that's a very interesting thing. I wouldn't see him as necessarily a great fit with this team um with the mindset that Tibbs has uh you know maybe it's just one of those things where he was kind of cruising and waiting for the draft but I saw a lot of you know taking plays off and kind of just mm-hmm. as I said he's going by the beat of his own drum he's not very aggressive on both ends of the floor um whether it's just uh, attacking the rim as I said he's not going to do that with you but then also defensively he's not necessarily a ball stopper The lack of athleticism is a little bit alarming on that end. He's kind of one of those guys that's going to be a pretty good help defender, you know, kind of stunt and go just because of his length and his height. But it's not necessarily like he's going to lock you down uh, strictly ball on ball defender type. And then if you're going to end up getting those screens and then they're going to go high low, let's get let's say he gets stuck with a big, then you have a world of trouble. So. That's, this is a guy who's an intriguing prospect. He'd be great on other teams, I think, but I don't necessarily see him being like a really good fit for this team.
3: Interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CP David Zedon here, NBA Draft Q&A. We are responding to uh, the fan requests. Fan Fans uh, heard David was going to be on the show, man, and, and threw a lot of requests out there. So we're pulling out the notes right now and, and giving you guys the details and some of these prospects. Hey, one of these guys could be Knicks. You never know. Two of these guys on this list are hot commodities right now, no matter who you hear from in the league. Uh, you know, Duarte, Chris Duarte out of Oregon, Trey Murphy out of Virginia. I personally heard that the Knicks were very high on Murphy, and, and we're also hearing that uh, that they're high on Duarte, but those two players have now met and worked out with the Warriors twice. So, Warriors could be looking at these guys, looks like at number 14, um, and, and from what you're hearing, Duarte's not going past 14. So, what do you think? Let's start with him, man. What's what your take on Duarte out of Oregon?
2: Man, he's got a big body, great form, like one of the best shooters in the draft. I mean, we're talking like.
3: I think it's 43% from three, 42, I mean, yeah, this kid
2: is like, this kid is, and and he's got, he's great off the bounce. Um, You know, you're talking one dribble pull up type of shooter that, I mean, catch and shoot, he does it well. Off the dribble, he does it well. He does a lot of stuff. He, he does a lot of stuff on the perimeter that, that goes unnoticed in mm. terms of, like, he could set the screens. He does right. a lot of stuff with creating space behind the perimeter to get his shots set up or to set other people up for their shots, which is important. And clearly, like, when you're dealing with guys that uh, have a good frame and that are good shooters, you know, he's, he's a two guard through and through. Like, the guy's a yeah. uh, phenomenal shooting guard, small forward type of player. Uh, so he was very intriguing to me, and once I heard that the Warriors were looking at him twice, yeah. I was like, "Uh oh, yep. yep. <laughs> he's 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 I mean, he's legit like six six, um, you know. Not I think he's like six six without shoes. I want to say, but mm. good size, man, and I love his yeah. form, great stroke.
3: It, it's not surprising to me that they look at him because I feel like a team like the Warriors are going to be looking for a ready a play that's ready, plug and play, ready to go right now. Obviously, he's 24. Um, You know, that's a knock on him. People are trying to, you know, down on him because of the age. They say it's limited upside, but uh, there's other people who look at it and say, hey, if if you're getting that type of productivity or the potential that he brings at his age under that contract, that's a steal. And so I think a team like the Warriors could use him. Uh, I feel like a guy like a Tibbs could use him, a guy that's ready to go right this second. 43% 43% from three, over 50% from the field. A guy that can shoot well off the screens, uh, known to be a dog. I, I think this guy could fit in fit in very well with this team, and and, and a guy that that prides himself on defense.
2: He's a helps. He's a tremendous help side defender. I wouldn't necessarily say he's like the lockdown defender on ball, but then again, once you get to the league, you learn the little nuances of the game and and how to play on ball defense and you know, the Knicks had a very difficult time guarding the high pick and roll this year. Yeah. So he's actually a guy that would be very helpful in that regard. Um, just in one of those, you know, cases where he's able to have, act, he has active hands mm-hmm. and he has a good motor. Uh, that's something that was very impressive to me to see yeah. with him. And yeah, you don't emphasis on the dog part. The kid is a dog. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about one of those guys who could be the 3 and D kind of guy for the Knicks, At the two guard, that's one of the dudes that immediately came to mind with him. I mean, he shot 48% in catch and shoot last year. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a good look, man. I mean, the the one thing that I do have um, gripes with is he doesn't use his left hand. Mm. Um, And, you know, that, that comes with player development through and through. But, you know, at 24 and not using your left hand at this point not that it's an it's a need but it'd be something that's pretty helpful and especially at that age i think that would be something that would have been mastered by now Mm. but as i said every college program has different player development uh you know beliefs or systems or whatever you want to call it uh but the knicks have done a great job so far with helping players kind of expand their games to begin with so he's a safe bet in my eyes i wouldn't be mad if they took him
3: yeah I wouldn't be mad at all, but based on the reports, he's a, he's a hot prospect right now in, in the uh, late lottery to, to uh, mid-first round. So we'll, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. Shout out everybody in the chat. I want to salute Robert Paris. Send a super chat. He says, uh, dealing with Golden State could be a blockbuster involving multiple players or a third team. 14 is our sweet spot. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Based on where the Knicks are sitting at 19 and 21, I think 14 is ideal. Uh, so we'll see. You know, Bradley Beal's name is getting tossed around out there. I don't know how true those rumors are, but it's once again going to be interesting. And uh, some more trade rumors going around. We're hearing that uh, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies are are talking a potential deal involving the 10th pick and Eric Bledsoe going to Memphis for number 17. So that's another one that that you know I, I would uh, wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks investigating because obviously the Pelicans are uh, motivated to get rid of Bledsoe's contract. He's got two years left on his deal. This year is 19 million. Next year is 19, but only 3.9 of that is guaranteed. So yeah. you know the Knicks get involved there; they're able to move up to 10, grab who they're looking for there. You know, and then you see if, if you can somehow waive uh, wave blood. So I'm not sure if the stretch prozi- provision is still an option, but somehow you get rid of that $4 million, might not be a bad, bad uh, deal for the Knicks to look into. So that, that'll be interesting as well.
2: Yeah, not at all. It'll be pretty good, actually.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see there. Also want to shout out my guy Boston Nick. He was looking forward to this show as well, man. Boston Nick says um, shout out once again to our mods, Nick's Fan TV, uh, CP and you, Mr. Zenon. Um, he has a question on, on Cooper. We're gonna get we're gonna get to Cooper in a second. And we're gonna get to that question right in a second. But Boston Nick, I, I definitely appreciate uh, the super chat. I was speaking on Duarte. Let's go to Murphy, because he's another one of the hot prospects right now. High on the yeah. Knicks radar. Second workout with the Warriors, three and D guy out of Virginia. What's your take on uh, Trey Murphy the third?
2: Big body man, uh big body kid. Uh we're talking about 6'9, 206, but he's got big shoulders. Mm. He's gonna grow into his body. He's 21 right now, I believe. But he did a great job last year. I believe he shot like 41% on catch and shoot, uh, close to 42%, something like that. But he has he has bounced. The dude can jump. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. bounce. He's, he's active, and he plays at Virginia, so you know he's going to play the right way. You know, you got all those guys that have come out of UVA that are consistent pros uh, from the jump. But the thing about him is pick and pop and pick and roll, he has unlimited potential with that. Just because, as I said, he has really good bounce. He's able to take guys off of the dribble. He feels comfortable shooting the ball, especially off of the pick and pop. The mechanics on his jump shot are good. They're not great, you know. They're it's not like necessarily like it's the most fluid shot, but he has really good mechanics. It's consistent. Let me just say that it's mm-hmm. consistent. So that's something that I like about him. But he could be one of those dudes that's like a like a corner, you know, corner specialist. Yeah. Like not like a not like Novak, like a pure shooter like that. But mm-hmm. one of those guys that can run baseline, but then set off all screens. A lot of stuff would pin down with him. Could be huge. So I like him. I like him a lot. He's like one of those guys that. If he's there at 21, you take him. Yeah. Like you you, you just got to take him or, you know, based off of whoever else they might have their eyes on up until the 19th pick, you take him there too. He just has that type of upside that I like uh, with his abilities and he's disciplined on the ball, you know, coming from that pack line defense. I know UVA went away a little bit from it and they did a lot of man to man principles mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. He did a great job with that too. So 6'9", great wingspan, good catch and shoot, good pick and roll with his athletic ability. And he's still growing into his body. As I said, he's only like 205, 210 pounds, something like that. That could be a really good player down the road.
3: Yeah, he's slotting in to be like a prototypical 3D player, man. You know, and, and I like his potential switchability there as well. Obviously, that could help us there. Um, his efficiency from beyond the arc, that would be excellent on this team. You know, again, a, a guy that you can plug in right in and, and have him play. Um, but but it seems like you see a bit more uh, shot creation upside than than others. Is that right? Like, you, you see a little bit more? Like, if he can put the yeah, ball on I do. the floor?
2: I do. I see a little bit more just because when you're in a certain system, and I think – I know if fans have the opportunity and you can look back at my old tweets, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker out of Virginia Tech, when he played at Virginia Tech, he didn't showcase the ability to put the ball on the floor that much. You know, Buzz Williams had their them in a system that, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a lot of ISO stuff. Mm-hmm. But he had certain moves and movements that I was like, oh, he has it. He mm-hmm. definitely has it. And then coming into that summer league, he showcased it. And then this yeah. past year, he showcased it a little bit more. The same thing is going to happen with this kid. Uh, There were certain games that I watched him play that I was like, okay, you, you have that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of change of pace in his game. And he doesn't, and he doesn't show it much because as I said, UVA had a very uh, consistent system and they run everything pretty, pretty rigid. There's not a lot of ISO ball with them. So Mm. Something to keep an eye on. I think, as I said, when he grows into his body and he understands how to utilize his big shoulders, broad shoulders, he could shoot over the top of certain people. You're talking about a dude that you could post up guards with. And because of the fact that he has the ability to guard one through four, uh, he can guard, you know, we're talking guys that he can guard them off the pick, the screen, uh, if they want to go, you know, high, low, and he gets kind of, you know, buried, per se, with a a four, and they want to dump it down low, he can guard them. And he could do that. But then the same is going to happen on the offensive end when he finally figures out how to use those shoulders. That turnaround jump shot, if he works on that, could be deadly for him down
3: the road, man. Yeah. Yeah, you you could see why uh, he's highly touted at this stage in the game. Very very interesting indeed. Um, all right, let's let's swing to some of the guards now. Now, Boston Knicks question was on Sharif Cooper, who, who's another guy who's uh, rumored to be high on the Knicks list. They're doing a lot of intel on Cooper. His question was, um, what what established player would you compare him to in terms of his his passing acumen?
2: He's a he. He's a terrific passer, you know. Immediately, I thought of Trey, uh, Trey Young, when um, I saw him play. When I was at actually coaching at the Patrick School, we played him. Mm. So immediately, I wanted to see exactly what the the hype was all about with this young man. Um, he's a very he's a very gifted passer. You know, he kind of sees the play before it happens, um, but he makes a lot of those plays off of. You know, the, from off the dribble, let's just keep it real. Like I mean, off the dribble, getting to the perimeter, he's not—he's not gonna finish amongst the trees and kind of find his big man that way. He's great at pick and roll and throwing the lob and then finding his guys on skip passes and things like that. And trust me, I love his ability to do so. Um, but Trey Young would be the closest that I could think of in terms of a smaller guard that could pass. You know, a depth passer that could kind of see over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's the best comparison I can give you right now.
3: Now, from from a guy who studies a lot of shot mechanics, the shooting is obviously going to be the swing skill for him. What do you what have you seen so far, and and what do you think about him doing that at at the next level at, at his size?
2: Yeah, that's going to be huge for him. I mean, that's the swing, as you said, like that's going to make or break, I guess, him as a player coming into the league. You could always work on your shot. That's always something that you could change, especially a, a young player like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, But he's going to have to fix those mechanics in which he's going to get his shot off, not just necessarily off of like those counter moves or, you know, step backs or anything like there's nothing wrong with creating space. There's nothing wrong with the way that he plays now and, you know, drawing fouls and things like that. However, when the game does slow down and they're going to be more physical guards that they're going to show at show to you, that's going to, that's going to make or break you. And Trey Young was able to, do everything he did against the Knicks and Philly just because of the fact that he can shoot it from deep. Is he a knockdown shooter from three? No, not really, but he can do it. Yeah. And his mechanics are sound. They're always the same. So you're going to keep defenses more honest. Sharif's thing is there's a lot that goes on with his mechanics. It does change. Um, He's a crafty player, but it's not consistent in which his scoring ability is going to come with everything from the perimeter. So I want to see that improve. That would be something that would make or break with me in terms of picking him. Uh, But he's going to be able to score more based off of the teammates that he has, like the fit. And Mm -hmm. he would need a guy that's a a knockdown shooter next to him. Um, And then also a great pick and roll option uh, from the big. So I don't know necessarily if he would fit with the Knicks. He's going to be a great player. Uh, I mean, excuse me, he's going to be a good player.
4: Right, but sister. I wouldn't
2: necessarily, you know, jumpstart the career here, yeah. Uh, yeah. per se.
3: And and also defensively with that size, you know, in the playoffs, Trey Young, he, he went through the Knicks, he went through Philly, the Bucks, some you know tougher teams in the league, but it didn't seem like any of those teams are really able to expose him in his size out there on the perimeter. You know, a lot of against the Knicks, they parked him on Bullock. Bullock can't put the ball on the floor. Sometimes sure Young even, you know, shut him down and closed off his airspace. Uh, Philly, same way. They didn't really get a chance to really expose him, you know, expose him on the mismatches, on the pick and roll and things of that nature. Uh, what do you think about Sharif Cooper in those type of situations?
2: Yeah, that's that's that would be my number one concern. Yeah. Uh, as I said, like, the shooting and the mechanics, those are all things you could fix. Now, I've heard conflicting reports in regards to his height. Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: you know um as i said I, when we coached against him i li- i literally stood next to the kid during warm-ups and he wasn't he wasn't 6'1 mm. um but i've heard that he's grown past 6'1 I, you know he's like 6'2 now um but still at the end of the day these dudes were talking like guys like westbrook and you know bigger guards those guys can't post them up. Like those guys are going to take advantage of the, the, those opportunities. You know, the Knicks and Philly really didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but by the same token, when Sharif gets to the league, he's going to see a lot of opportunities in which he could take guys off the dribble and he could, you know, get to the rim, but then it's going to come right back to him and they're going to do so more so in tor- terms of posting him up. So that size is a big concern for me. And and if he comes back and he's legit 6'2", then maybe I'll take another look at it. But sure. if he's the same size that I saw him last, I I can't do it.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough call for me, man, because I like this kid a bit more, and uh, that's Trey Mann out of Florida. What, what's, your, what's your notes on, uh, on, on Mann?
2: I love Trey Mann. So there's one of the three kids that I've looked at and just was like I fell in love with his game. He's one of those guys. Trey man, six foot five, has a six foot five wingspan, but his handles are sharp. Uh, for a guy that's six five, he stays very low to the ground. And the thing that impresses me is the fact that his dribbles never go higher than his hip. He keeps everything close to his knees. His cross encounters always change pace. The kid never goes at the same pace down the floor, which makes it easier for him to have those underhand layups and floaters to his game and Florida, if you saw the way that they played, you know, he was able to show the passing ability. I mean, he, he's a three level scorer that could also pass and his floater game is, <laughs> it might be better than IQs. <laughs> so his, he, he's a tremendous, uh, he has a tremendous ability to drive, uh, penetrate the defense, get to the paint, but that floater is deadly. Uh, no higher than his hip, which makes it easier also to make those passes, get the shots off. And he's a great pick and roll player. So he's able to play pick and roll uh, both on offense and defense. He's able to read the defense really well. As I said, the Knicks had a difficult time defending that high pick and roll action this year. He does it really well. And so that's one of those kids. I, I fall in love with him, man. Like that's, that's one of my guys.
3: I, I like man a lot. Now, uh, some of the criticisms I was reading was uh, his his lack of aggression as it pertains to attacking the rim, uh, kind of below the rim play. Don't I don't think he dunked at all this this season in Florida. Uh, what, what do you think about of that? You know, for a guy at his height and with with his skill sets, does that concern you in, in terms of him at the next level?
2: It 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 does a little bit, but by the same token, there there have been other players that aren't tremendous elite yeah. athletes yeah. but they could still play really well.
3: I like the D comparisons to him. To me, he, he kinda plays like D'Angelo Russell.
2: Yeah, I mean I, De- De- I mean you're talking about guys that are crafty that can get their shot off in the perimeter, but then once they're past you, they're past you. Like once yeah. like once he beats his man off the dribble, good luck. Like that's just the way that he's able to do it because he's also a tremendous pull-up shooter. So it's not yeah. like You're looking for a dude that's like at the the rim. It's not like one of those guys that he has to finish at the rim. Right. He has a tremendous floater game. When I tell you this guy's floater game is phenomenal, it is phenomenal. And great vision. And as I said, plays the pick and roll just about as well as any other guard that I've seen the last two years. Like he's tremendously under the radar. And he's a solid playmaker. I mean, I just can't. I just can't see how they're going to go wrong with him. Now, the problem, however, is if he doesn't utilize the pick and rolls and he does like to pass a lot, you know, he gets in these moments where like it's, it turns into like he passed, like he's too cool for school. Mm, mm. Uh, he, he might be become a little bit predictable with the mm. passing. So that's something that you work on. and Obviously every day you're going to be against elite competition and practice and whatnot. And yeah. having Tibbs and the rest of, uh, the coaching staff with their great uh, basketball acumen, they could work on that. But in terms of the raw skill set of just getting a bucket, yeah, man, you can't, you can't teach what this kid has can't, right now.
3: Can't go wrong, man. Kid can, cannot go wrong. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CP David Zedon here, the last edition of the NBA Draft Q&A. David jumped in here with the notes. We we're back at it. Happy to have him on. Make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up button. Hit that like button. I want to shout out King Matthews sends a super chat. He says, uh, not going to lie, I see my Knicks keeping two picks. If we draft a shooting guard, um, Duarte, Trey Murphy, he says, for 19. And Isaiah Jackson, Kai Jones for 21 if Noel leaves. Or if it's possible, we can take Jared Butler at 21 for sure. So we do have Kai Jones and Jackson on our list. We're going to get to the bigs. Um, a last on, on, on the program, but we do have him on our list. So stay tuned for that. King Matthews. Definitely appreciate the super chat. Um, next guy, I want to talk about one of the hotter prospects out of the combine, man, Quentin Grimes. Now Quentin Grimes originally went to Kansas, jumped, jumped into the pre-draft process last year, decided to go back to school. From from what the reports say, the, the Kansas had already gave his scholarship away, so ends up going to Houston, and has career highs in 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 points, rebounds, three point percentage, three point attempts. Went into the combine scrim, scrimmage and started lighting it up, man. What, what do you think about Quentin Quentin Grimes?
2: Six foot five with a six seven wingspan. Another one of the three guys that have caught my eye. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites yet, but he's a guy that caught my eye. Up. Pretty consistently. So he's a very good defender, really good defender. He uses his body to stay in front of uh, his guy all the time. Um doesn't, doesn't like to hip check. He just goes body to body, slides his feet really well, anticipates jump shots really, really well. Like, so he gets blocks on the perimeter for a guard at 6'5". You know, the wingspan does help, but his ability to anticipate and contest those jumpers, it's pretty impressive if you were able to watch him on video do that. As I said, he moves well, which means that he also moves well without the ball. Kid moves tremendously well without the ball. He shot over 103-point attempts this, uh, this past season, I believe. Yep. And he was yep. over 40, 41 or 42% from three. Um, I think it's 42. But his release improved from when he last played, obviously, or from the last time that we saw him, uh, judging by from what I was told. But he, he does have a big dip on it, but his release is so quick on the dip that he's able to get it off really well. So shooters like that, that dip the ball and they're able to get it off really quickly in terms of moving well without it, great baseline shooters, man. And that's a guy that you, you set a couple good screens for him on the baseline. We're talking like straight baseline cuts, um, curls, horn action, all that type of stuff. He can do it. Um, Hammer, he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to love if he's able to be on your team and you could run those type of sets for him. He's decent off the screens. Houston ran a lot of Euro action this year. Mm. So fans understand like Euro action is a lot of movement. Obviously, they're going to value the off screener uh, and coming off of the screen. And he did a great job with that. Uh, As I said earlier, he's a big body kind of guy. Great rebounder. Really good offensive rebounder as well. Mm. And he loves physicality. He kind of, he welcomes it. So he grabs the boards in traffic and then he pushes the ball. So that was something that caught my eye on Synergy. And uh, he follows his shot. Mm. (laughs) It's a lost start. (laughs) So that helps him get his offensive rebounds as well. He follows his shot uh, immediately. Once he holds his follow through and that guy hand comes up, he drops it and he he goes straight to the rim. So that was something that I really, really like
3: about him. One of three players in NCAA to make 100 threes, 40% from three. And I think he shot eight attempts. So um, so pretty good volume there for for Quentin Grimes, man. Stock stock is certainly on the on the rise, and as you said, a solid defender, plays physical as well. So he, he should find a nice home somewhere in the league, man. We'll see, yeah, he's uh, not a
2: he's not a one on one break him down kind of guy. Yeah, but he does enough to get to his spot to get his shot off. If you need him to break something down, mm-hmm. he's not going to take no more than two three dribbles and you know dance left and right on that. However, he might be able to work on that just because he embraces the physical play. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about a lot of snatchbacks. You're talking about a lot of, you know, rip throughs, like, you know, pump fakes, get his man up in the air, you know, physical plays that, you know, are just able to get him to the line or just get him a bucket. That's something that I could see him, like, doing pretty well in the league, considering how they call fouls <laughs> the way yeah, that they yeah. do. So, you know, he's he's not a great passer, but let's be honest, in this, in this day and age, in the system that the Knicks are going to run uh, for him, if he is on the Knicks, uh, he won't have to do much of that. You know, just pass and, you know, get to your spot in the corner or lift anything that they're going to ask him to do, uh, shooting from the slot, that type of stuff, you know, rock out. He's a he's a very good pick uh, and he's going to be a really good player in the league.
3: Yeah, as I said, stocks certainly on the rise. What do you guys think in the chat? Quentin Grimes out of H Town, six five six eight wingspan. Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you guys think about Quentin Grimes as a prospect? CP David Zenon here for the NBA Draft Q and A. Uh, another guy out of VCU, another bucket getter. Gets a lot of comparisons to to uh, my guy IQ Emmanuel Quickly, and that's that's Bones Highland out of VCU. What's your uh, what's your analysis of Bones?
2: That's my guy. <laughs> that's one of my guys, man. That's, that's one of the dudes that I've fallen in love with. Um, gets a lot of comparisons to IQ. Yeah. Yes. The frame, the the braids, the, just the swagger, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to shoot from deep. He's, mm-hmm. but the thing about him is, which is something I brought up about IQ uh, during the quarter, during the quarter report that we talked mm-hmm how teams are going to start sitting on one hand, how teams are going to start basically timing your shots or looking the way or looking for you to do those little nuances that you have as a rookie, of course, right. For you to, you know, shut them down. Scouting report is going to show X, Y, and Z with this kid, because of the fact that he's another one that always comes down and it's never the same pace, always a good change of pace. Like seriously, we'll keep the defense on their heels Uh, Is able to push the ball. And when he pushes the ball, he pulls up from 30. (laughs) So it's, and it's a consistent shot with his, uh, with his pull-ups. Like it's not a heave, it's a legit jump shot. Mm. And he'll, he'll pull that thing from, we're talking like 25, 30. And uh, I like the fact that his mechanics are the same from that deep. It's one of those things that if it changes here and there based off of how the teams are playing him, he, he doesn't get rattled with on-ball defense. So once he creates like a little bit of air, the shot is going up. He did a pretty good job as a spot up shooter too. So those instances in which, you know, Julius may be double teamed and he's kind of, you know, stuck and, you know, they run into a situation in late games where the clock, shot clock is running out. He needs to kick out. That's a viable option. If he's on the floor, uh, he's a confident shooter. As I said earlier, he is a good pass, uh, good passer, excuse me. So it's one of those type of situations where, he's he's shot up. He's a dark horse. Um, but yeah, man, I love this kid a lot.
3: Yeah, I, I like his game, man. I see a little JC. I, you know, I, I know people hate comparisons. I don't, I don't like comparisons either, but that that's the closest thing you can get, you know, before you watch these guys in the league. And I do see the quickly. I, I mean, from his frame, you see a little JC in him, you know, a little Crawford as well um so that's a good
2: comparison yeah Yeah. he he finishes pretty he he finishes really well at the rim Mm. you know jc was a great you know jc could finish and dunk and you know this kid can dunk obviously He's, he's a great athlete but it's like one of those things where man he he has a high handle and that could be a detriment for most guards but for him because of the fact that as i said he doesn't change his pace his handle's really really high so he dances on guys He's able to boogie and, like, get to those spots. He finishes at the rim, but then his passing ability is able to just, man, I I, I think this kid, he can be a special player. And especially it helps the fact that he's coming into the league as a pretty good shooter. Uh, it's, it's It's a pretty big thing.
3: Interesting indeed. What do you guys think in the chat? Bones Highland. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Leave a comment in the chat. We got 800 people here in the chat let's get those likes up hit that thumbs up button for you boys CP David Zenon here giving you the scouting report the Intel straight from the notes ladies and gentlemen I trust this man's judgment he was in on the Halliburton stuff and a lot of you guys try to talk me off the Halliburton ledge I'm listening to <laughs> hey I mean that that was that was the hit though that was the hit of last year right it was, it was uh it was Halliburton man man
2: it was trust me it was my inbox is still i'm (laughs) Lord. well maybe now people will listen to what i have to say now hopefully
3: you guys can see yeah man Uh, shout out to albert (laughs) He had a good year for sure
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
5: No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps dot com code program.
3: Um Cam Thomas out of L S U. Bucket getter, twenty four points per game, first team all SEC. Absolute flamethrower. Um, but he slotted to be in like the twenties or so. what's your what's your take on his game and, and where's his biggest weaknesses? I've heard that he fell he's a great scorer. He's a bucket getter. Yeah. Like
2: the argument of, uh, you know, if you're a basketball player, if you're a hooper. (laughs) So that, that, that whole thing that's been coming up this past week, uh, man, this kid's a hoop, the hooper. He just, he can get buckets and I'm not going to get into the difference between the two or whatever like that, but he's a good basketball player, three level scorer, very smart, like basketball acumen is very high in order to get his shot off. As we said, he's six, five, really strong body but he's not that athletic um, in the sense of, you know, really just finishing at the rim and doing a lot of stuff. Like he's, he's, he's very, he's very inconsistent sometimes, but when he gets his buckets, he gets his buckets. Like he reminds me a lot of THT, you Mm -hmm, know, one of those mm -hmm. guys that he doesn't look super athletic and he isn't really athletic, but there's certain moments where he'll catch you off guard because of the fact that he's not that athletic. He's like that, but he's a better scorer than THT from jump. Like if there's a guy that like could live off of uh, physical play and you know being a very skilled uh, off ball cutter, mm-hmm. he finds guys asleep a lot defensively, and then on the flip side, he get kind he gets kind of burned uh, off ball. Yeah, I heard the defense is it's just yeah, yeah it's defense just non-existent is not, at this kid. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not there, but. But, uh, man, if you want a guy that comes off the bench that's like a, a spark plug, yeah. yeah, you know. But I, I don't know how much that fits with with what their defensive principles are now with the Knicks. Yeah. Um. That would be a very hard sell for me. But if you wanted a guy that, you know, let's say, like, let's say he did fall into the second round by chance. I don't know. You know, if he did, you, you, take might, you might take a flyer on him just off of his scoring ability and having a guy that, he he has the tools to be a good defender and a good uh, playmaker. He does. Like, he has mm-hmm. the skill set and tangibles, but he doesn't show it. So, that's, you know, that's been a detriment to his, uh, to his draft stock. So, I, I like him. I don't love him. Yeah. Love his scoring ability. You know, like, if you told me that he was going to end up being on, like, a team like Memphis or OKC, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... He's fit for one of those type of teams. But defensively, if they're going to be as this defensive stalwart as they want to be, I don't know if the Knicks are going to look at him.
3: Yeah, that yeah that, that would be a gamble there. But, hey, you know, with Tibbs, if you don't play defense, you're not going to play. So maybe that gets him in, in tune. Obviously, it got a lot of guys going. You know, Tibbs got a lot of guys going defensively last year that you didn't expect. That's so true. you never That's know. He, he might be able to come in here and fit in. But yes. I mean, he
2: could, he could kind of maybe he gets on his good side also because Cam Johnson is a dog. Like he's, he's just one of those rough kind of, you know, we're talking like rough around the edges, welcomes contact. I mean, like one of those, a strong pump fake kind of guy, you know, like he wants to go to the line. He wants to get the other teams uh, bigs or wings in foul trouble because of physicality, not just off of ticky tack fouls. Yeah. So
4: so that's just something that
2: could be welcomed by Tibbs and how he sees him being a fit. And as you said, if you don't play defense, you don't play. So, if, you know, one, you know, one hand washes the other two yeah. wash the face. So sure. <laughs> we'll see how that goes with that.
3: In- in- interesting. Indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We will take calls after this. We just want to get through all of the, uh, the Twitter requests that everybody had put in. We got a couple more to go. Let's get those likes up. Let's, let's get up to 500 likes. We got 800 people in here. Everybody right now, hit that like button, hit that thumbs up button. And and uh, let, let's get up to five hundred. And the call in number six five seven three eight three one five zero nine. And you can also call in via the Knicks Fan TV Discord. Um, another guy whose stock is, is seems to be um coming up, depending on who you speak to, is uh, Jason Preston. The point guard out of Ohio, Ohio Bobcats, kind of kind of looks like the lost uh, ball brother, but um, you know he seems to be a guy that that does a little bit of everything. Not not the most athletic, but certainly can get the job done. What's your take on him?
2: He's crafty, very crafty. Has a pretty good body, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those guys that grew into his body late bloomer, very C.J. McCollum type. You know, story with him, you know, grew, grew from like this scrawny little, little kid mm-hmm. and, you know, had no D1 offers and then just blew up last year. Um, taller than he looks on TV. I actually got to st- uh, stand next to him a couple weeks ago in New York City. Um, he was just passing through. Really nice kid. Really, really articulate, really intelligent. And his skill set, just watching him uh, work out, he's good. Mm. um the thing that makes me a bit concerned is the fact that he's so crafty and so flashy that where would he fit necessarily with just not having the ball in his hands like he needs the ball in his hands he's a great playmaker Mm. uh very very controlled pace you know has an effective floater has an effective runner gets to his spots really easily um and effectively the only thing is is If he doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot and, like, let's say, like, you know, Julius is, you know, Julius is back and RJ's driving to the rim and you got to find those guys early and often. You know, that's those are going to be the primary pieces in terms of letting the offense uh, get established. I would want to see how he gets acclimated to that. And defensively, I would uh, I would have to see. Not that he does, not that he's lazy, but I would like to see like more deep, like more effort on mm-hmm. defense, mm-hmm. and like active hands and stunting and like, you know, we we all know what Tibbs likes to do with yep. his defensive principles and like even things as simple as like like icing and then being vocal on the opposite end of the floor, like little things like that. Yep. So, where would he fit with that as well? And, but don't get me wrong, if they did have a, you know, if they did have a look at him early in the second, second if they had to look yeah. at him in the second round and he was available and they took him i wouldn't be mad i would like i would like the fact that he controls the pace i would like the fact that he's a little bit more flashy but i wouldn't be mad but i wouldn't love it because we already have one of those guys in luca vildo's on the team
4: mm-hmm.
2: so or the knicks have one of those guys on the team so you know it's just interesting to see where he would fit with that but very good player. I like him a lot. Um, you know, he he he's a little bit risky with his passing. He's flashy, and it could be it could like bring excitement or it could bring like a lot of hair pulling. So
3: it sounds like it'd be a good nick. It's, it's we always have we always have one of those. Yeah, you know it's, it's
2: interesting. He could, but you know, as I said, there's there's things that he does like that are really really well that it would be the risk is worth you know. Uh, the reward, you know, it's just like great rebounder, great finisher at the rim, controls the tempo. He's not a great athlete um, by any means, but he's able to understand how to play defense, how to get to his spots, brush off defensive, um, you know, defenders that are going to be physical with him. Like he's able to do that type of stuff, Mm. but um, wouldn't, I don't know how well he would fit necessarily here. You know? Yeah. But I wouldn't be mad if he was here.
3: Interesting. It could, could be a second-round option. We'll never know. It could, could definitely be a second-round option. All right, um, right. Let, let's get to the bigs here. And kind of saved it for last because I do think, you know, uh, having a backup or some insurance for Mitch will be key because I, I don't think they'll bring back Noel. I just don't think they'll allocate assets that way, even though he gave us, you know, a huge lift and, and uh, was very – Bit Every bit, you know, as much as uh, instrumental to, to getting us to that four seed as, as anybody, you know, especially on the defensive end, just being that anchor. But I don't think they'll they'll invest there as in a backup five. Um, you have you have three interesting guys. You have Isaiah Jackson, who's a Kentucky guy. Obviously, people always want to make the Kentucky connection. But my last guest was very high in terms of the Knicks liking Jackson. Uh, what's what Let's start with him, man. What do you think about Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky?
2: One of the three guys that I fell in love with. Mm. That Isaiah Jackson what? is, man, Isaiah Jackson is a dark horse that's not a dark horse. He's like a guy that has so much untapped potential that you're just like, man, he's really good. But then you're like, he could actually be an elite player in this league. Mm. Uh, So first things first, his size is... He's six ten, legit six ten, uh, but he has a seven foot three wingspan, big hands, um, great body, great shoulders. Has to fill in a little bit, um, but I liked what I saw with him. I saw him in person as well, um, and I saw what I liked with his intangibles. Mm. I mean, he's like he does a great job at blocking shots on the perimeter. He's like Mitch. He does a great job at blocking shots in the perimeter. He does a great job at rim running. But he does a really, really good job with chase down blocks and help side blocks, like Mm -hmm. a rim protector. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And because of the fact that he has such great feet, um, he showcases that on the offensive end as well. Like he has a really, really dangerous first step. Like he killed Tennessee this year. Uh, Their bigs had no answer for him on the baseline. And because of the fact that he has such a tremendous first step, uh, it, it utilizes his jab step even more, which then he does his one dribble pull up, you know, towards the paint. He's a decent mid range shooter, but he's better in terms of, you know, going into that pro hop, land in the paint, you know, create contact, pump fake, you know, kind of get to the, get to the line kind of thing. Right. The thing I like about him the most though, is as I said, how raw he is. He didn't have, You could tell he didn't have real development and not a shot at his high school coaches or whoever came before Kentucky, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have real development for the type of skill set he has up until the time he was at Kentucky, because I saw things that he did from a one-step dunker spot position. I mean, it was one step dunker from the dunker spot that I was like, he could do it with both hands. Mm. I love the fact that he takes hard dribbles towards the rim. Nothing goes anything higher than the letters on his chest. So, I mean, we're talking like contact from the pinch pose down. The guy is going to take one stride and he's at the rim already. I love it. Now we're going to be realistic. The shot is the issue. Catch and shoot wise is the issue that I have with him. Consistency. It's a very, very minute detail, but it's something that I want. I would like to see him fix um as a pro just in general not if he's a nick or whatever but his right foot does turn inward when he shoots catch and shoots uh catch and shoot shooting which makes it a little bit not predictable but necessarily like you know exactly like he's not going to take you off the dribble like nothing's going to showcase anything the same he's not going to show the same shot whether it's a drive or whether it's a catch and shoot and his foot kind of goes inward uh his fingertips change as well um but the shot actually goes in, which which, means, which which is another reason why I'm so intrigued by this kid because yeah. the consistency part hasn't been there, but his, his ability to be efficient has been. So that's something that I would like to see him do. He gets in trouble with getting charges uh, because of this.
4: Mm.
2: So because of the fact that he's so physical and because of the fact that his first step is so good, he doesn't necessarily change that pace because of that foot and that leg kind of turning inward. And that's something that you could fix just off of uh, certain drills uh, that you can do with your players. Um, so that's, that's just a minute detail that I would think that he would fix whether he's with the Knicks or any team um, defensively. We, we went about that great, great rim protector, great blocker, great, whatever. He does foul a lot because he does turn into a jumping jack. Once he gets a couple blocks, you know you're feeling yourself yeah, yeah. you're looking pretty good and then every ball that goes up you want to block it uh so since he's good with that he has to learn when and when not to jump and yeah. the you know time to possession all that type of stuff like is really important for him to do it but yeah man if he gets a scoring two guard next to him or or a slasher he's going to thrive
4: mm.
2: because you're talking about guys that are going to open up the lanes for him um And then also Julius being a guy that could stretch the floor and shoot from the perimeter, not that he's going to be like this high, low, you know, he's going to bury his man under the rim type of thing and just dunk on him all the time. But just being enough of a threat to have anything in like, you know, close to the block, that's, that's a very, very important thing to have when you're looking to have more spacing on the floor, especially with a big that could shoot in Julius. So Mm -hmm. He reminds me of a guy. He could turn into like a Jeremy Grant type of player. Interesting. Like, he could be really, really good in this league.
3: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's another guy who seems like his stock is going up. They invited him to the green room, so they're expecting uh, lottery. We'll see what happens. You know, some some guys don't always get out of there, but they're expecting lottery for him. And as you say, you know, if if the shot create, I mean, if the if the um, shot making is something that's left to be desired. It seems like he has a very high floor with his ability to just rim run and, and shot block, be a good help side defender and things of that nature. seems like he'll set, you know, get, go right in and and be ready to go.
2: Yeah. He has good form. The shot necessarily, the, the fingertips, his hips, uh, his extension, all that stuff is good. I think just from the three ball part, That's where it's inconsistent, Mm. which is from generating power and other things that, you know, I can get into detail (laughs) with that on another basis. But his whole, his whole thing is his first year, he could be a really, really good player from a pick and roll standpoint and then be a a pick and pop in like, you know, the pinch post area, nothing too, you know, nothing too far from the rim. He's not going to be like this three point bomber. Um, but if man, him alongside RJ, a good slasher, and now that RJ shown the ability to shoot better from the perimeter, um, you just never know. And then IQ having him with the pick and roll again, uh, pick and roll ability, as I said, rolling to the rim and then the floater, whatever this kid's good, man. I love his intangibles. His upside is like really, really through the roof.
3: Interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Talking to David Zenod, basketball skills trainer, on on some of his top prospects and and breaking them down, sharing the notes. Definitely appreciate the time, David. Uh, So right now, we're we're going, getting into the bigs. We talked about Isaiah Jackson. How about Kai Jones out of Texas, Texas Longhorn? Kai Jones.
4: Mm (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Truth. (laughs) This, this kid is, man, fluid jump shot, six 6'11", six jumps out of the gym, mm. smooth drive. I mean, like, really, really fluid driver. Like, he doesn't look herky-jerky when he gets to the rim. Like, mm. he, he takes long strides. He has a beautiful gait when he runs. That's one of the first things I look at, how a player runs without the ball. Mm. He, he, his lateral quickness is great. And that's also because he has phenomenal hips and that's another part of what, you know, you look for in a player, the way he runs and, and his strides, all that type of stuff that he does in the open floor is beautiful. He's a really good offensive rebounder. And I think, but that also is, you know, an attribute to the fact that he could jump, you know, <laughs> and touch the top of the backboard, wow. but he's now, but he's, he's a great offensive rebounder. He has a lot of those, you know, he has great hands and he catches a lot of those caroms. That's like, you know, they come back really quickly or for like a long rebound and he's able to create enough space and he he's able to grab those boards. I love his ability to do so. He's probably like, and I, and I don't use this in a, in a, a very loose term. He's probably the most athletic guy in the draft,
4: mm.
2: like from a big standpoint, maybe even just even guards too, you know, like this kid, this kid had some dunks at Texas from pick and roll. And then even just like off the dribble that he, he established himself. And that's something that's really important for me. I like to see players that are able to establish plays for themselves, not necessarily play make where they're going to score. I'm talking about like, is he comfortable enough with not just doing the a DHO after stopping his dribble? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or, you know, just doing a handoff after stopping a dribble. Like, is he cool with, you know, some contact and then going back to the perimeter, doing a DHO, then getting the ball back, like little things like that. His attitude is great. Um, I've heard that he's a really good kid. Um, and that he wants to work on his game. Uh, I was also told that prior to coming to Texas, he didn't necessarily have like the best turnaround jump shot. And now he's walking out with one of the best turnaround jump shots. Right. So... <laughs> So it's like it's not like the kid doesn't want to work. So you 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 gotta take a lot into consideration with this one, man. He's this one's a beast, man. Yeah.
3: And, and, and shout out Stephen Fox in the chat and you were mentioning his gate, he said he ran track uh, for Bahamas or in the Bahamas but prior to there you basketball. Go. That and, makes uh,
2: sense. I did I didn't I didn't you know it, Yeah. I didn't know that. Um but man, for him to I mean, for him to run the way he does his hips and and it makes sense because he ran track.
4: Hmm.
2: It's beautiful, man. He has a beautiful stride. Interesting,
3: and, and it's funny you, uh, that Steven mentioned the track and you mentioned the gate. It just com- completely uh, sort of related. But uh, I was talking to John Starks about that two two summers ago. I was talking to John Starks and we kind of talking about you know how he felt about um, just RJ overall and he, and he mentioned his footwork and and he said um, and his gait, and he and he said that you know. Back in the day, we used to we used to have track coaches, you know, and and to help us with that, and so it was just interesting to see that uh, that connection there with with Kai Jones. But yeah, John Starks definitely mentioned that how you know track coaches can certainly help uh, NBA players with their gait and and you, can, you know kind of open things up a little bit. So
2: yeah, I think he's he'll he'll be a very good pick and roll option.
4: Mm.
2: He has a fluid jump shot from three as well. So he's definitely going to be a pick-and-pop threat. Yeah. Um, the thing that we we as uh, skill coaches and then, you know, just trainers as a whole, like you always look at the big picture. Like for a, kid, for a guy his size, a kid his size, he's not going to be a true big. You know, he's just his, – his frame is pretty slender. Um, he's just going to be one of those guys that he's going to be a great rim runner, great pick-and-pop. He his hands are not the best um, in catching, you know, passes in traffic. And just also once he gets into the lane, uh, his hands aren't the best there. Mm -hmm. He has decent footwork, um, not the best footwork because his poster game, he doesn't necessarily have um, like a lot of counters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like his, you know, he's not going to dream shake you out there. However, uh, he has good enough post work to showcase a turnaround jump shot from that short corner. So, I mean, I love the kid. I would take him uh, if he was there. That's one of those, you know, one of those guys that he's athletic enough. And I don't mean this by any stretch of the imagination, um, but he's athletic enough that he can play like the three in the positionless basketball that the NBA plays nowadays. Like that's how much I believe in this kid's lateral quickness and playmaking ability just from either catch-and-shoot or pick-and-roll opportunity at 6'11".
4: Mm.
2: Yeah, I love it.
3: Interesting. Interesting indeed. And uh, and the last big man on the list, another guy who a lot of people are high on. um, Seems like he's got a lot of room to go, very high ceiling, and that is out of Spain, Usman Garuba. Now, full disclosure, he's also represented by Leon Rose's son, so, a CAA guy. I don't know if this is a CAA conspiracy that makes people, you know, connected to the Knicks, but I think he's he's got some skill sets to, that that you got to like as well, man. Usman Granville. Love,
2: yep, yeah. Um, he would be he would kind of be like the fourth horseman in my in my uh my draft analysis. Mm. I like this kid. I like this kid a lot, man. He's 19 years old, big body. I mean like Yeah. Big body, 6'8, yeah. 69, six, 230. But has a, a six. Um, let me get this right. I think it's like seven one wingspan, mm. um, seven two, something like that. It's it's longer than six inches, like a six inch difference, than from his height from his wingspan. But he's legit two two twenty five two thirty now. So the funny thing is, the first time I ever saw him play, um, I immediately. I immediately uh, was like, "Oh my God, that that's Surge. <laughs> that's that surge. That surge 2.0. Like mm-hmm. that's not, and it's not you know, it's not uh, hyperbolic or hypothetical. Like it's literally surge 2.0. The dude moves like him, runs like him, defends yeah. the rim like him. I mean, like he could be like he could be a general generational yeah. uh, rim protection. Did, did Surge did work
3: with him in Spain? Do you know if they worked together?
2: No, they didn't. Okay, no, they didn't. But mm-hmm. you know, I. You know, I know that a lot of uh, the African players that do go over to Spain are, you know, they they're taught a lot of the same fundamentals, mm-hmm. and you know, the the they both played for um, for ACB,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
2: so like, you know, it's just basically like one of those things where the way that I saw him run and shoot, and you know, little things like his footwork, like little things I saw, I was like, man, this dude is this dude is just like Surge. It's mm-hmm. a baby Surge, and you know. So, it's, so he's high on my list just because of, as I said, I, I attribute it to him. He's strong in pick and roll, uh, strong with rebounding. He has great defensive awareness, as I said, like great rim protection. I think the thing that is most impressive with him is not just because of his physical attributes, but like he knows when to use them. Like he's a physical brute kind of player, mm-hmm. but he has soft touch around the rim. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's a that's a necessary thing to have you can't have guys that are just like a bull in a China shop. yeah, yeah. he's he's incredible he has quick feet with uh, with really good hands and great timing so as I said like you're either gonna have a guy that's gonna be defending the rim all the time or a guy that's gonna back you down quick rebound keep the ball high get you know be active on the glass I like him a lot the thing that he would have to work on just like what Serge needed to work on coming into league the catch and shoot uh consistently with um penetrating kick in the corners things like that he needs to work on that a lot the thing that i think is most impressive though is he's starting to learn the nuances of catch and shoot mm. and i what i mean by that is like setting your feet uh being ready how you could you know sh- show a proper pump fake things like that um three point three pointer he's not he's not a three point specialist whatsoever <laughs> so <laughs> That's definitely something that's going to have to um, be worked on with his game coming into the league. As I said, he's just like Surge. You know, shot mechanics need to change a little bit, a little bit of a hitch, high release. Um, But, yeah, man, everything else, though, about this kid, great feet. I, I have no qualms about him, man. I love this guy a lot.
3: Defensively, he looks tough, though, man. Looks like a guy that can be switchable at the next level, couple positions, multiple positions. You know, got those long arms, get into those passing lanes. He, he looks pretty tenacious on defense.
2: He's a very he's a very tenacious player on defense. That's a great uh, the word I was going to use, tenacious, because his hands were so active all the time that when he played the passing lane, because of his wingspan, teams, he wasn't not necessarily just stealing the ball. But teams were turning the ball over because they were trying to avoid mm. him getting those, uh, getting those uh, opportunities to steal the ball. And he did a great job. And I mean, there are a few clips online of him having steals and dunking in transition. Kid is the kid is the goods, man. I like I like him a lot.
3: Interesting indeed. What do you guys think in the chat? Uzman Garuba, Team USA, better wake up, man, because they catch Spain. It might be a rough one, man. They they caught they caught a uh, nice little lesson by France today. Hey, Spain is gonna be another tough out, man. So they better shake up. Lots
2: man. lots of lots of talented bigs on Spain. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Bam, Bam and Draymond gonna be on notice, man. So they better uh, they better get it together. Um, so yeah, so that was the list. Uh, I thought that that was some excellent breakdowns. Um, brain drain indeed. Welcome back, David on Everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Make sure you guys are uh, saluting David, man, because he's coming here and dropping a lot of gems for us uh, a couple days from, from the draft, so definitely appreciate that. Before we get to the phones, I want to shout out uh, some of the super chats that are coming. Mr. William 1072 says, is Kai Comps, Kai Jones Comps, Channing Fry, is Kai com? I seen some comps to, to Christian Wood. He's saying, is he Channing Fry? Channing Fry to Kai Jones.
2: Yeah.
3: Hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Fry can't. wasn't a defender that like that. Oh, defender. Oh. Well, I'm just saying overall. I'm just saying. I think he's just saying overall. Is, is he? Is he oh, yeah. Channing I mean,
2: Fry? Kai Jones is just so much more of an explosive athlete. Right. And Channing was a really good athlete, but. This kid is, I mean, this kid is d- different in mm. terms of his athleticism. Like, uh, t- folks, you got to watch this guy. I mean, I know the clip of the young man—I forget—who uh, had the dunk at, at Clutch's Pro Day. That was impressive. But
3: oh, the one that hit his head on the ri- uh, hit his yes. eye on the rim. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, for- I forgot his name.
2: I forgot his name too. My apologies to that young man. However, Kai did that in games. <laughs> Like this is this is a this is a, a different type of athlete, and um, no, I think it's a good comparison. I would just I think he's just one of those guys that his he's so raw. The whole the whole Texas program, I guess you could say, with all those type of athletic bigs, mm-hmm. they were all pretty raw, which was very. And Greg Brown's another guy that catches my eye too, but he's gonna I think he's gonna fall into the second round okay with his athleticism another texas dude um but kai's the most athletic player in this draft i mean him and i mean we're talking about Jalen green kaminga him like that's rare rare athlete elite athleticism
3: uh shout out to russell whiskey sends a super chat he says what about deuce mcbride miles mcbride out of uh west virginia and any uh intel on him
2: I don't have much because I was told by a few other people that he's like – he's a a West Virginia guard. Like, he's going to be, like, one of those uh, gritty kind of players. Like, he's not going to necessarily score that well on this this level
4: Mm. in the
2: NBA. But – so I didn't do a lot of homework on him. I got to be honest with you on that one. But from what I have seen with him and the system that West Virginia ran – you know, you're talking about a lot of guys that are, you know, hard-nosed, defensive kind of guys that are tough. He'd be great with how Tibbs is going to get him acclimated to the league, but I can't necessarily say that I've seen him too much.
3: Okay. All right, fair, fair enough. Let's let's go to the phones as we wrap up. So to everybody in the chat, let's get those likes up, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's go to JJ from Brooklyn. JJ, how you doing, man?
6: Yo, CP, David, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing?
3: How you doing, bro?
2: I'm good, man. How are you,
6: man? Good, man. Good. Doing good, man. Thanks. Yeah. So on this draft, just seeing, I just have one quick question, and I'll hang up and listen. Just seeing how deep this draft is. Like, is it even worth it to trade up? Like, is Moody and say Boot Knight so much better than getting like two of two good players, like a man and a Trey Murphy? Like, why not just let the board fall to us? Just seeing the depth that there is, especially at the spots we need, you know, point guard and wing. Like, I would just let the board fall and just take – someone's going to fall. If these guys are going to go – you know, certain guys are going to go higher than expected. I would just let the board fall where it may, and we're going to get two good players. So, I just don't think it's worth it to trade up. Using You're probably going to have to give up 19, 21, and probably our second, our second rounder just to move up five, six spots. So, I would just stay put. We're going to get good players if we stay put. So, yeah, that's it. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a good night.
3: Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it, JJ. You, I mean, I, I think it all depends on on who's on the board and who they're after, right? I from what you from what I read, is that a guy like a Moody could have star potential, you know, and and while other guys who are around that nineteen twenty one, not to say that Murphy won't be, but other guys fit to be more role players, you know. So I think it's, it all depends on on who's on the board. I think teams view McKnight in, in that in that aspect as well.
2: Yeah, that's a – and, like, Intel is going to be done up until the day of the draft. Like, you, you're you going to find teams – you know, everyone's going to try to have some smoke screens or do whatever, but these guys are going to do their homework, and especially this front office, they're very, very um, intricate. <laughs> Let's yeah, just say yeah. that. They're intricate. So they're going to do their homework, and if there's an ability – there's excuse me, if there's an opportunity for them to trade up and get a pick i mean i gotta be honest with you there's like four or five players in this draft that i would trade up for if you knew that you had to get them at that certain point in time i would do it i mean it is a gamble it is a risk now if those picks are gone by like the 11th or 12th pick like i think they might i hold on to them
3: Uh, it's. it's I, I think, you know, based on, again, all the conversations we've been having, 19, it seems like they'll get some good rotation players. Uh, maybe they'll get somebody with a bit more upside. Maybe Mann turns into something a bit bit more if, if they get in there. Maybe even Murphy, but it doesn't even seem like Murphy's going to be there for them. So I, I think it all depends on, on who's on their board. And if they if they see a trade worthwhile, I, I trust his front office to go get them. To me, as I've been yeah. saying for yeah. the last couple of years, uh, I feel like Leon and Wes know these kids as well, if not better, than most teams. You know, just having been on the other side of the table from from the agency side and knowing who these kids are from character from a character standpoint and and the programs that they're with and so on and so forth. I feel like they they'll do their homework and and come out with a good prospect.
2: Yeah, I think Murphy's one of those kids for me that I would trade up hmm. if you know if you're if you're sitting at like you know, the four 13th, 14th pick at that point in time. And you're just like, I I might have to do something. That's one of those kids that I would do it, you know, Um, just, just because of the fact that I see certain things that he does and at that size, and he has a motor, not necessarily just kind of canceling out whatever Kevin Knox does or whatever, but let's, you call a spade a spade and you're going to be honest, like more playmaking ability from a stronger bodied kid who has a consistent motor, you know, that's something that I, I think I would, I would look at and I would wholeheartedly consider trading up for
3: value. Yeah. And as it seems right now, they might have to because from what I hear and he's very high on their radar. And uh, once again, just reporting from what was reported earlier from Shams is that Murphy and Chris Duarte went in for their second workout with Golden State this past week. So clearly Golden State is serious about these guys. I'm just curious to see if Golden State were to trade out of fourteen, what would they be looking for in return? Are they looking to stack picks or are they looking to take seven and fourteen and make some major moves to to, you know, give Steph a win now team? And then
2: also are they do they believe in Wiseman?
3: Well, right, and, and you're hearing Wiseman's name in, in, in rumors yeah. as well.
2: So that's, do you know, do they really believe in Wiseman to this point where they're like, has something transpired or have they seen enough to be like with the development and how everything is breaking down? Because remember, the primary guys under the biggest contracts there, they're not getting any younger, and yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. all over 30, I yeah, believe. That's true.
3: Uh, is so, Clay over thirty yet? I don't know. Well, we got to check. I'm not sure if Clay hit. 30.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Draymond's over thirty, but but they're up there.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. C- certainly. Well, I mean, with Clay, with the Achilles and now the ACL, which is unfortunate, man. One of my favorite players. Definitely want to see him back. But you, yeah, know, you don't see even know when he's too, coming man. back. You know. It's, it's no no telling when Clay comes back. So uh that's why i see like a, a duarte could make sense for them as a guy that could come in right away and play but murphy could could help him out right away as well so yeah uh interesting to see how that transpires all right let's go uh back to the phones angel from philly angel what's going on
7: yo 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 what's good uh cp what's good david how y'all how y'all what's going on what's up brother Hey, I, I'm good, bro. Um, hey, listen, man, hit that thumbs up for your boys, man. Hit that subscribe button, so I'm gonna show the show some love. But uh, hey, listen, guys. Um, me personally, um, you know, I just think they're gonna stay patient. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. If I'm, you know, the next I'm making that call to the Pelicans, and I'm trying to get that ten pick. And um, me personally, I would draft Moody. You know, and at twenty-one, um, how would you feel about um? Drafting Trey Man, but um, me personally, um, I just, I just think the price is going to be too high. I don't think Murphy's going to be at nineteen, to be honest. And uh, my question to you guys is this: because I know you guys got you know some other callers, but would you rather just stay at nineteen and twenty-one and draft uh, Trey Man, and let's say um, draft that kid from Texas, or would you rather move up to ten and have twenty-one and draft Moody? And uh, at 21 draft by Trey Mann. Trey Mann. And um, as always, thank you for taking my call, guys. I appreciate it.
3: Appreciate it, bro. Pre- appreciate the call. I mean, listen, if they can trade up, if if, if they're going to trade up, clearly they, they have a guy in their sights that they feel like, you know, has some upside that can really help this team. I'm all for trading up. I've, I've been saying that they need to trade up, you know, from 19 and 21. And the reports are saying so. So if they like a guy at, at, at 10, if they can get to 10 and they like a kid up there, go up to 10 and go get him. You know, we need talent on yeah. this team, man. We we need a, a talent infusion on this team to help Julius, to help RJ. There's there's no doubt about it. So if they see what they like go get him. That that's how I see it. Because and also I, I I mean, how many young players can you can you see Tips playing in one shot? You got to factor in free agency and them going to get some more one- or two-year deals, you know, one-year deals or or one-plus-one options going into 2022. You know, Tibbs wants his guys that are ready to go from day one, that know what to do, that can bring this team together. That's why Bullocks and Burks came here. That's why they brought Taj off the street. That's what that's what Tibbs likes. He, he also likes his vets. So if the rookies are going to come in, they got to be ready to play from, from day one, or else they're not going to play.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the truth, because... You, you also don't even know. I mean, D Rose can come back. Uh, I've, I, you know, and I've been on, I've been on, Luca's train since day one.
3: Yeah,
2: I love this kid. So for me to say, I would hope that the Knicks draft, a guard, that guard's got to be comparable in terms of the skill sets right. that that guy brings to the table as well. yeah. And um, he's going to be, and, and you know, he's a crap as well because he could end up being one of those guys that's like, you know, lightning, um, lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. you know, flash and pan, whatever mm-hmm. term you want to use. I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a solid NBA player for yeah. a long time. The, the only thing is certain players, like, as I said, like Trey man, catch my eye. You know, consistently, you know, Grimes, consistently. Like, I like guys that are going to do something consistently. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: At a high level. So, it'll be interesting. But I would prefer, you know, I would really look at like a two guard for, for if they're going to stay put. Mm-hmm. I would really, really look at like a two guard situation if they have, or guy. excuse me, that could be a combo guard. Mm hmm. And I, I would really, really look at that first and foremost, and then kind of, you know, let the let everything fall into place. Because who knows? You could also trade. Um, excuse me. You could also be trading players that are already on the roster. You're right. Down the road, uh, as much as I don't, w- I don't want to see that. I, I would not like to see that. It's not my call. So yeah. <laughs> they, 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 you don't know. know. This front office is very smart. They're astute. They know what they're doing. But. It's not make or break if they can't trade up. This yeah. is a very deep draft.
3: Yeah, you, you never know, man. Never know. Appreciate the call, Angel. So, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, last call of the night. We're going to go to my guy, King Deej. We're going to the Discord. Make sure you guys, uh, Nick's Fan TV Discord is, is a great place to hang out. It's a 24-7 chat. We got multiple channels on, on, on different topics, not just basketball got over you know thousands of people in there so definitely shout out TM and all the mods who uh helped put this whole thing together man so we're over on the discord 24 7 but you can also call in especially for my international fans if you guys are looking for a free way to connect with us the Knicks Fan TV discord is your way so um just just putting that promo out there and um we'll go to King Deej to close the show King Deej what's going on bro King Deesh, King Deesh. It's a little delay in the Discord, so he'll, he'll be here shortly. King Deesh going once. Oh, you're closing the show and you're not even showing up. Deej, what happened, man? Wow. Everybody in the chat boo King Deesh, man. Oh, I'm bugging. Now that was my fault. I wasn't in the chat.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh- I was about to say, I'm like, yo, I was tripping for a minute. But um shout out first off, run it up, run it up. Yeah, I know we got all the good night. CP, you doing your thing. Shout out to David Z, good trainer, good Appreciate skills you, trainer here. Yeah. CP, the chat got me hot, man. Because oh, we, we happened, making bro? something out of nothing, man. What's going on? We just had we just had Knox. We yeah. just had Knox with all that athleticism and bounce and all his projections of well in three yeah. years he could be one of the best wings in this draft. And he ain't turned out to be nothing. Now, this ain't a slight or attack tackle on Knox, but I don't understand why people are in the chat and they don't want Trey Murphy, who's basically your repl- – you, you guys are upset that we passed on Mikel Bridges, Miles Bridges, and you upset about Porter. But you don't want a 6'9", 3&D wing that's still growing and still can shoot. He can play off-ball, great cutter. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand yeah. the, the why we do this. And then on top of that, man – Cooper, like, we talking about shoes and no shoes in the chat. Like, can the kid hoop, man? Like, can the kid make his own shot, create his own shot, play off a pick and roll, play isolation? Can he do that for us? And that's why I'm not going with Cooper because Cooper is six feet, great passer, but what you going to do when defenses aren't letting you get to the basket, bro? What are you going to do when there's seven-footers? We just seen Hunter and Capella, and it's like – Y'all don't understand that you could get your version of Hunter right now. You could get your version of Hunter right now and Trey Murphy. I'ma stay by my guns, CP, Trey man, and Trey Murphy. And if you can't get, if like the now all of a sudden the Warriors is going crazy with Duarte and Murphy, mm-hmm. but they're not the only people that got three picks. OKC okay, so not gonna get three young guys. They might want to do business, see what they can get for a future pick. So I would call them at 16 if if Duarte or Trey Murphy still you know make it down. I just don't understand why we're making this so difficult, man. The positions of need is point guard and wing. So get the best available talent at point guard and wing. I'm not not drafting a big to dunk and rebound. Like, what's that doing for me in in a playoff setting, bro? I need guard play. I need wing play. And I just feel like Murphy and man, that's where we're at. You're not reaching for the stars. Get the best available talent. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't get why it's so difficult, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up. David, I don't know how you feel. I'm mad, David. I'm sorry. I apologize. You, I mean, you're on was, the wrong, wrong night. Was but- was
3: Murphy's motor ever in question like Knox? Because it doesn't seem like that to me. It seemed like Knox was, was still more of a project, but Knox's motor was always in question as a prospect coming out of Kentucky.
1: CP, i, I put it like this, bro. When Knox got drafted, in his jacket, he had Fortnite. You know what Trey Murphy's talking about at the combine? He's talking about guarding Paul George, guarding Luka Dantich, picking picking parts of their game and trying to to trying to defend their game. Like that's it's night and day, bro. Coming from Virginia, you're forced to play defense, even if you can't. You're forced to, like. I don't get I don't get why this is so this is this is this is really it's it's blowing my CP I got to be honest it's a family show I'm not cursing it's blowing my <laughs> mind bro it's really blowing my mind Trey Mann Trey Murphy get the job done and if you get if you want to go 3 then I'll pick Quentin Grimes just so we so, just so we could get Chris Duarte I'll go Quentin Grimes at 32 but yeah. I'm not move, we're not like this whole traded to a top 10 it's not happening bro all those teams in the top 10 need those picks Yeah I don't picks. think so the best pick you're going to get, if not at 14, is at 16, 16. with OKC. You yeah. got to do business with one of them.
4: Yeah.
1: And I don't know what Golden State wants because we really don't have anything to get them over the top. It's a championship mode. So I'd rather do business with, with OKC at 16 if Duarte or Trey Murphy are still on the board at that because then you're not giving up much. Yeah. It's simple, CP. I'm out. I'm I'm it. David, you. you're doing a Appreciate good job. You. I'm out. I mean, Murphy
3: Appreciate to you, me. <laughs> but Murphy to me. Just off his, his skill sets, junior coming out of Virginia, as you said, kind of having that that you know that Virginia mold. I, I, I'm looking at Hunter same way, but it just felt more like a safer pick to me. But a lot of the scouts, from what I'm hearing, him rising up the charts, and from what I'm hearing from you, David, is that there, there's some room there, there's some upside there. Knox, to there's, me, there's when he came out, he came out after freshman year. It looked like he needed some more time. Like he just didn't seem very mature. when he, when he came out, so you know, I, I don't really see that with Murphy.
2: There's a lot of room for growth with uh, Murphy, and the caller, yeah, the caller called it like uh said it how it is, man. It's Virginia has a pedigree, right. Like, if you draft a kid from Virginia, you draft a kid from Villanova. Safe. You know that they're going to do something good Mm -hmm. fundamentally. Like, fundamentally sound. They're going to last in the league. (laughs) And not just, like, last. Like, they're going to thrive at one thing that's, like, really good. But then also on the defensive end, be sound enough to play it at a good – at a high level. So, And yeah, as I said, like this kid, Murphy's the kid that I'm looking at, like I saw him, you know, do some moves. And just, as I said, from, from my perspective, as a dude who trains these guys, if you see a certain movement, or if you see a certain change of speed that it's like natural, like it's not, you know, it's not something that like he's forcing that caught my eye. Like that's always going to catch my eye. And I saw him do it in the game. I've never worked him out. Let me let me clarify that. Um, but I'm just saying, like the stuff that I've seen, it was enough for me to be like, okay. I see. I see how this is gonna. You know, I see how this might pan out. This mm-hmm. kid is actually has a really high has a really high ceiling for what uh, what he can do in the league. But um, yeah, man. Call or hit it. Call or hit it on the head, man.
3: King D's just going with Murphy and man. Dana Mack in the chat said, uh, Knox ain't been the same since Zion ripped the ball from him in the league. Oof. Man, that was, that was, that was tough, man. Shout out, Kev, man. That's, that's my guy still, man. I, I want well for all my guys. I had a chance yeah, to meet Kate, Kev. He's a good kid. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good kid, man. But yeah, that moment in summer league, man, it was like, oof. I, I, I hated to watch that, man. It was tough, man. It was a pack building. LeBron was there. AD was there. Floyd was there. And it was like, it was like one of the first plays of the game, man. You, you could feel like the anticipation for that game in the building, man. And when Zion just ripped the ball out of Kepp's hands, it was like.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I was, I was there. Oh
3: man. You could hear the whole, right? The whole arena was like, oh, shit. it was, it was like that bully fight. You know what I mean? That after school, you go to the bully fight and, and he's just destroying the kid. That's what happened, with Kev, man. Oh, and I, I was I was,
2: was so too. nervous walking into that arena. Yeah. I was like hoping that Z was going to play well, and I'm like, man, like, oh man. And then after he did that, I was like, yeah, he's going to be all right.
3: Oh man, <laughs> it was crazy. That was a crazy day, bro. Crazy day, man. I, I'm gonna be back at summer league uh, on the eighth. Are you going? You going out there this year or, or no?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be at summer league. Yep.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah. So so we'll definitely, link. We'll do the next show. We'll, we'll do the next show. We after. should do.
2: The, yep. We should do the next show. Yeah. In Vegas, yeah.
3: Next show, next show is gonna be in Vegas after we make the picks. After we get a you know a summer league under under the belt, we'll we'll link up and uh, and uh, we'll we'll get your thoughts on how things are yeah, going. Yeah, call
2: man. call the uh, call the Bellagio. You know, you got it like that. <laughs> man, <bro. laughs>
3: yeah, definitely, <laughs> man. But um, listen, bro, I thought this show was great. Uh, I definitely appreciate you you know sharing the notes and the intel. Uh, much needed for the fans. You know, the fans were definitely looking forward to this one. And I, and I definitely appreciate you um, coming on and sharing with us. Always appreciate your, your insights, man. So, um, great job! A- absolutely great job, David. Let me hit my uh, my outro music here.
2: Thanks for having me, my yeah. man. For real, Ab-
3: absolutely, appreciate it, bro. Absolutely. Let me just get my, my outro music here. So, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right. So once again, we are. Four days away from the NBA draft What are you thinking? We're at 19-21, 32-58 Who are some of your favorite prospects? Who are some of your favorite picks? Throw it in the draft Let us know what you guys are thinking uh, We'll probably do a mock draft Maybe Tuesday I'm still trying to coordinate with, with all the guests right now So so be on the lookout for that Also on Tuesday with I'm doing a special Knicks Fan TV Live Live from Clyde's Wine and Dine. The great Dick Barnett and the Dick Barnett Foundation. They're doing a, a luncheon and a fundraiser from Clyde's. A lot of the OGs are going to be there. You're going to have Dick Barnett. You're going to have Clyde. Bill Bradley's going to be there. Starks. Alan Houston's going to be there. So check it out. I'll be there with Jake Brown from our Big Apple Buckets Podcast. And we will be streaming live. From Clyde's Wine and Dine, so make sure you guys are uh, checking that out. It's going to be start about uh, twelve p.m. Eastern Time on Knicks um, Fan TV. So make sure you guys are, are locked in on that. And uh, David, go ahead and, and sign out, man. Let the people know where they can find you, bro.
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Dave Xenon. Uh, pretty simple. And on Instagram, my full name, David Mark Xenon. Just uh, hit the follow dm ask some questions i'll be sure to respond
3: when i can yes sir appreciate that as well and so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys one more time for david xenon make sure you guys follow him man he's sharp i trust his judgment make sure you guys follow him man he's he's one of the best in the game trust me on that and as we said tune in man the next show with david xenon is gonna be live from las vegas in summer league and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you some of our thoughts on some of the newest additions to the Knicks. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. We've got a, got a whole lineup for Summer League going on. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, remember, the show's brought to you by Manscaped, presented by Manscaped. As always, fellas, go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NIX for 20% off plus free shipping. And that's on the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0 and, and a ton of other products for today's man. So make sure you take care of the family jewels, man. Make sure you turn the AC on down there and uh, take care of business. You know what I'm saying? Also, this show is available in audio podcast format, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, all the uh, major podcast platforms on the Knicks Fan TV. So if you miss it on video, you can always catch it on audio. It'll be up in a couple of hours. So tune in on that. And, uh, yeah, man, shout out to all the mods once again for helping out. Always appreciate it. KnicksFanTV, Dave, TM, always appreciate you. The Shells, Ari's in here, appreciate that. Let me make sure I didn't miss any, uh, Super Chats. Tiny Tim, appreciate you. Jack City says, great show. Tiny Tim, great show. King D, always appreciate it.
4: Let
3: me, uh, make sure I didn't miss any Super Chats. Mr. William Russell Whiskey King, uh, Matthew's Robert Paris Boston Nick, and uh, yeah, I think shout I out him. Boston Nick. Shout out Boston My Nick, guy. man. Yeah, yeah, he's active. He's active on Nick's Twitter, man. Definitely active. So, uh, yeah, tune in once again Tuesday. Next show will be Tuesday afternoon, live from Clyde's Wine and Dine, twelve p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you guys are checking it out and uh, stay tuned for. I'll uh, send an announcement on the mock draft and everything like that. So. And then Thursday will be our NBA draft show. So tune in, man. I got a whole huge panel of
5: guests. Full coverage from beginning to end. And we'll find out, man. Four days away.